As always, the year is dedicated to Lezech Nishra Sekadoshim Shanaflu Al Kiddush Hashem on October 7th. Hard to believe that we're four months after this terrible tragedy with the over 200 soldiers that have died since October 7th. The Kadoshim, uh family should only know Nechama, of course, all the Cholim, and of course, the hostages should be released to Mir Hashem. They had a very Miragish, uh, beautiful ceremony today. I only knew about it literally at four o'clock. Somebody texted me, Are you coming? I said, To what? Um, I don't know. I thought the news was good in Beit Shemesh, but um, I didn't know about this. They had in the Arnold Park here, which apparently is called the Angeti Angeti Park. Uh, there, they had uh, beautiful trees that were planted. Mamish planted fruit trees. They were planted for each of the kedushim. Shenaflua kedush Hashem. Unfortunately, from Beit Shemesh, there is a good deal of them. I think there was uh, ten or something like that. It's a very very set. Twelve, twelve. I was going to say a dozen. Yeah, thank you. Twelve. Uh, very difficult, but a very very moving event. Okay, so. Question number one for today, I think is a really good question because I think it's Mamish Halacha I hope not nobody here this has ever happened to you, but I can imagine this happening. I'm going to say it in a different way. We know in our parish Mishpatim, I could really speak about anything. This is like my topic. Mishpatim is like, uh, this is what I speak about in the yeshiva all the time, business halacha. But one of the psukim, of course, says, Medvar Sheker Tirchak. One of our biggest challenges is to be honest people. Yes, not speaking Lashon is very important, for sure. But Midvar Shekhar Tirchak is really telling us that uh, we have to be careful with uh, telling the truth. We've probably spoken out before that Mishum Shalom Bayas, Mishum different Darche Shalom, there are certain times where we actually allow you and actually tell you to lie. We've spoken about this before. We've talked about that, for example, if you want to protect uh, something that's holy, one thing that comes to mind, um, your wife is going to the mikvah, for example. So you could lie to your friends and say, uh, oh, well, how come is your wife's not home? Where's your wife now? Where's your wife? She's like, oh, she went, you know, I don't know, whatever lie you want. She went to the movie, something, you know, more plausible. She went to the mall. Oh, of course she went to the mall. You know, uh, whatever it might be, 100% you're allowed to do that. Um, again, in other cases of protecting where, uh, you know, I, I think we've done this before. I, probably people have done this. You, you feel bad for the other person on the other side. So Midvar Shekhar Tirchak is not a violation if you're doing it to protect them. They're going to feel better about themselves. Um, you know, again, where does Midvar Shekhar come with actual lying in saying uh, because you feel bad that somebody went to a, a special location? So let's say you had someone... Um, they said, oh my God, I can't believe I wasn't invited to that wedding. That's crazy. I, I feel terrible I wasn't invited there. Right? They're really, really upset about it. And they said, well, how is the food? So even though the food was good, can you lie? Okay, that's a different question. But here's a Devar Shekhar Tirchak. Honestly, before I answer the question, I'm going to ask the question. Maybe tell me what you think, because I'm not sure this answer is something that you may have said. So we have a um, secretary. I think now we're going to call, we'll call her, secretary is not an appropriate word anymore. Let's call her the office manager. She's the office manager, and she answers the phone of the company. Oftentimes, she answers phone for her boss. Let's call her boss Chaim Yankel. She answers the phone for Chaim Yankel. Oftentimes, Chaim Yankel, I see this in my office all the time when I'm in America, this always happens, right? They, they call for the big boss, and she says, you know, Chaim Yankel, so-and-so is on the phone. She puts it on hold, you know, it's on the, and he's listening to, you know, whatever, whatever music. And she says, oh, he's called? I, I, no way, I can't speak to him. Tell my mom in the office. And she's like, eh, 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 um, I can't lie. I can't say you're not in the office. What do you mean you're out of the office? Oh, so she says, well, do you mind if I say to him, you're too busy, you can't talk to him? She says, no, you can't say that. So that's not, a, that's not, a, that's not nice. If you say you're too busy, then he thinks, oh, not too, too busy for me? 
or he doesn't want to talk to you, or are you crazy? Here, you know, get back on the phone. He said, are you crazy? Tell him I'm in the office, but he's really here. You know, like, so can you not tell the truth? Straight out, not tell the truth. That's question number one. Understand, understand that through doing this, she's kind of protecting her job. She can't just say, I'm not going to do it. What do you think? What do you think? Can she lie for her job? And what do you think? Anyone? In general, lying for a job, of course. Very good. Excellent. Lying for a job in general, I'm not saying, well, it's for the job. I told you, I'm sure, many years ago, a case I had from a student who called me and they asked him to forge, to lie about more patients than he actually saw. So there, there's no Shiloh. <laughs> I told him you have to lose. He said, but I'm going to lose my job. I said, but the, your boss is asking you to, to shine off on 120 patients you saw. You saw 70. You can't lie. So this probably, like you're saying, is something a little bit different. So Rav Zilberstein tainted that the only time you have to answer phone calls all the time, although I, I don't agree with this 100%, and I'm sure we've experienced this, is if you work for a person. What do I mean? You work for the city. You work for the government. You work for the government. Let's say that part of your job is, let's say you work for 106. You know, 106 is where you report all the issues. So uh, you have to answer the phone. That's part of your job. I'm sorry. You, you see the phone number. You say, oh, it's that annoying person that calls every day. That's part of your job. You have to answer the phone. So there, he said, I would understand. If they were working for the city, if they were working for a government agency where it's obvious that you have to answer the phone all the time, so you have to take every single call. And therefore, you can't lie. Okay. Then he says... Yeah. Right. So the question... Uh, yeah... So the good question is, is that, is that what if, right, I, I don't believe this to be true either, like you're saying. Let's say it's the senator. Let's say, I, I don't think this is true, what I'm saying. You don't have a chiv, every senator doesn't have to speak to every constituent, doesn't have to speak to, right, a member of Knesset doesn't have to be. Now, it's interesting, though, I was once on the plane with somebody, long story, but not for now. I was on this plane with somebody, and I asked him how he was able to get a seat on this flight. The flight was totally overbooked. It was during COVID. It was a rescue flight, but I, we're rescued back into the country. And he said to me, Ah, Talomivin Abdel. He goes, I'm Haredi. He goes, When you're Haredi, your members of Knesset work for you. I think the guy's name was Pintrust. He says, I just picked up the phone and called him. I said, Ata Makioto? Mani Makioto. Who have it? Who have it? told him to take this job. He took the job. Okay. In certain cases, I don't think it's true that every person has to speak to every person. 106, you're right. Somebody has to pick up the phone. That's what the story. Now, there are other. Shecker problems with they don't do anything with you say. I've, I've called, you know, three weeks I've called and said, hey, we have no street sign. Everybody else in all of Ramapek Shemesh has one. Why don't we get one? Oh, oh. I said, can you, can you please take it and bring it? So, tell somebody about it. Don't just tell me it's going to come. It's gonna come. Okay, that, that's, a different, that's a different case. So here he says that really what she's doing is that her intent really is to say the following thing. My boss can't act, answer your call because... He can't physically answer every single person's call. She's not really lying because what she actually means, what she's saying is, he can't answer your call. I think you said it differently. I mean, he, it's not, he, he's, not, he's not available, is what she's saying, but not available, may, he, he may then answer it. What, not available for me? So if you say he's out of the office, then it's not available for anybody. 
No, she can't do that. She'll get fired. Now, the, the, there's a sefer called the Derech Sicha. The Derech Sicha is a sefer written, attributed to Rav Chaim Kanievsky. There he tells a story about the stipler. The stipler said, what happens if somebody knocks on the door and they ask you for a loan? You know this guy. And you're like, nah. I, I don't, I, I'm not. Or, again, there's different halachas when it comes to loans, actually from our parasha also. But uh, you don't think the guy's going to pay back. Maybe because he didn't pay you back. Or it's known, this guy doesn't pay back. Or you see the way the guy looks. So you don't want to be, ups- you don't want to be not nice, and you don't want to say the truth, and say, listen, you, you think I'm crazy? <laughs> I'm not giving you, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to get my money back. Or I'm embarrassed to say, I have the money, I'm embarrassed to say, I can't give you the money now because I need the money for something else. I don't want to, meaning I, I can tell the truth. Let's say the real truth is I have $20,000 to lend you. I can't because I'm embarrassed, but I need the $20,000 for surgery, for my birthday party I'm doing, for my Tesla, whatever. I need the extra money. You have the money. Oh, yeah, but I need extra money. He doesn't want to say, he has to say that. Uh, a poor guy wants a thing in the door and he says, I, I'm really sorry, but I'm, I'm going from Pesach to Turks, Turks and Caicos, so I, I, I can't lend you anything. Doesn't sound right. So he's allowed to say, Rav, Rav, the stipler says, Rav Chaim quotes the stipler, he's allowed to say, quote unquote, a lie, right? And says what? He's allowed to say, I don't have the money. Even though that's 100% not true, I have the money. Now, this case may be, may be said in the same way, just like he's quoting his father here, maybe we could say in a, as well, where a sucker person comes. So the question is, is that I've always wondered this. How honest do you have to be with someone? Meaning, not just how honest. I don't want to embarrass the stucca guy. There's a Shiloh today, what the chiyuv of giving stucca is when the guy comes around, right? Almost every day here in shul, and in many shuls that we attend, right? You'll have the guy that, that you know, after davening, or sometimes he'll be really smart and he'll pretend like he doesn't, he didn't know the davening wasn't over at Aleinu. So before Aleinu, so now nobody could leave and like the Gabayim is standing like, you know, Dantel's there, he's like, what do you mean, Bishut Gabayim? I didn't, I didn't tell you. Bishut HaRav, and the Rav's like, mm-mm, no, I didn't. What are you talking about? Right. And they say, Bishut HaGabayim, and they tell you some Madunat story. Maybe true. It tells you a story. Right? And if you want to be cynical, you'd be like, wait a minute. I remember this guy. This guy was here a month ago. A month ago, his, his son was getting married. Now his daughter's getting married? Could be, but I don't think so. There's a guy at the Kotel. since so. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so there's a guy at the Kotel who, at least I moved here, whenever we go, as a, we have a group that goes, uh, try to go once a month, and um, every time he stops us, because we look like fancy schmancy Americans, and he always tells me that he's getting married, he's getting married, he's getting married. So what, I couldn't take it anymore. So I looked at him and I go, I'm here 15 years at the Kotel. 15 years you're telling me you're getting married. Enough, get married. <laughs> you must have a million dollars. I'm getting married next week. You want to come to my wedding? You know, I even printed up an invitation. So you don't want to embarrass the person. So can you say to him, I, I left my wallet at home. I got my wallet right here. Right? Or what do you say to him? The worst, don't ever say this. I'm telling you a good trick. Don't ever say, I have no change. He's like, oh, no change? Psh, look, whoosh, I got a credit card reader. Whoop, 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 you know, or he's got a fancy you know, eye, whatever. I, or let's say you have, this is not right, but maybe this may be something that I'm a little mocked on. If the person tells me he's got no money, and then he comes up to me and he says, and as he's saying that, I smell the smoke coming out of his thing. I go, well, you shouldn't smoke. You know how much smoking is in Israel? You know how much that costs you? You could feed your whole family with the amount of money you're paying on cigarettes. Sorry. What? So I think, again, the stipend doesn't exactly say what I'm saying, but certain times where you don't want to embarrass the person, so maybe you could, you could say this. That's what I think. Rav Shlomo Zawad Arbach 
just like uh, Rav Chaim Kanyetsky and the stipend, you know, since the Rosh Hashanah has passed away, there's been a lot of svarim that has been written in his name, right? He, he did write, um, his first chalak was when he was alive, the Mincha Shlomo, now there's two other chalakim, and uh, there's a beautiful svarim, Shlomo Moed is one of them. So in Shlomo Moed, Rosh Hashanah says the following thing. Let's say, um, a guy comes to your door. A guy comes to your door. Right? He knocks on the door and he says, Oh, Shalom Aleichem. I don't know if you, you ever had this. I have this in my house. You forget that on your door is a, is a sign that says Mishpachat Hartstein. Right? You forgot. So, he knocks on the door. One of my kids answer. And he says, Shalom Aleichem. Heimar of Hartstein. Because he's... He figures that even if I'm not a Rav, it's going to make me feel like a million dollars. So he'll know. It's just like, you know, when you walk around, let's say you're looking for the love of Menesrogim. So there's 50 different people in America. You go, you go to every, but this one guy comes like, no, tzaddik, tzaddik, I'm like, oh my God, this guy knows me. Tzaddik, he knows me. So he says, Rav Hartstein. So my son doesn't know any better. He thinks he must know me. How does he know Rav Hartstein? Oh, so what does he do? He comes. Comes upstairs. He goes, Abba, there's a stuck guy here to see you. He knows you. He said, Rav Hartstein. I said, did he say Shlita? Because if he didn't say Shlita, I'm not coming down there. No. So, so, so what's the halacha? So what do I say? I, I'm busy, or I know who the guy is, or I, you know, I look on the, the ring, whatever it's called. You know, I look and I see, and I go, oh, I know this guy. Uh, I'm not, no way, I'm not doing it. He's a smoker. You know? I said, tell him I'm not home. Shlomo Zalman says, that's mutter. Because you're, you're not lying for the sake of lying. You're lying actually, Mishim Shalom. You're trying to protect this guy. You feel bad to tell him the truth. Right? Uh, I'm sorry to say this, but there are certain stuck-up people in the community who I've done research on. And I know that there's one guy that comes around every single month. He makes more money coming around every month than having a real job. He used to have a real job. He worked in one, one, of, one of my kids' schools. But in the kids' school, he only makes X amount. He makes more money from, from us Americans, you know, and he gives. And he says, I'm really sorry, just so you know, I, don't ex- I, I, don't, I, don't, I only accept hundreds, hundreds. You know, like I remember once we went to Svat, to some shul. I remember this, I was a little kid. But we went on one of the programs I was on, a summer program. And the guy says, um, I want to tell everybody, please give very generously to this shul. Uh, but this stucker box does not accept anything but $5 and up. Right? It doesn't accept coins, no coins. And $5 and up. That's what it accepts. This is in Israel. I'm like, we were like, what are you, crazy? What do you think? We're little kids. Right? So you're allowed to lie and say, I don't have money. Or in this case... Right, it, it, you're, so it's it's hard for you to say my Abba's not home. Why? Because uh, you don't want the, you don't want to teach the kid to lie. But on the other hand, says Rosh Hashanah, it would be mutter because it's none of your business to say. It. Let's say uh, whatever. Let's say this could be a very uh, good case for me. Right? The son, the the, the 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 son now. The father doesn't say anything. Now the son has got the person at the door. He's waiting for the father. Let's say somebody the father even wants to see. Right? Maybe. Whatever. So now the son goes upstairs, and the son can't find the father, and he realizes, where's the father? He's in his very, very special office. The bathroom. <laughs> He's in the bathroom. And he knows his dad very well, and he knows he just, it was Thursday night chilling. He's going to be there for a long time. So now what do you want him to do? He's going to go downstairs and say, yeah, so here's the thing. It's Thursday night. Like, you know what I'm talking about? And the guy's like, no, what are you talking about? Right? Well, let's say like Nebuch, it's like a big rub, you know? <laughs> Rav Usher Weiss came to, to sell, to, you know, he wants me to buy, buy uh, he wants me to put a name in, in so Rav Usher Weiss is at the door. He's like, are we going to tell the truth? And then my father's a schkatz and he goes off Thursday night to, to six different chillin places to try all them because he's writing a blog for, you know, he's, he's going on to TikTok, TikTok videos for, for chillin. So he, tell, he goes, oh, I think my father, my father went to learn. Something in Chash. 
So now the father gets out of the bath. I don't know. This is, this is the worst case, because now he had no permission to say anything. He's protecting the father. He said, I don't know. I, you can't say, I don't know where my father is. He's in the house somewhere, but our house is so big, stuck a collector. I don't know, you know. So Roshul Bazalman says that he thinks that it's okay. And he says, furthermore, we have a concept of Mishum Darche Shalom that we allow you, we said before, we allow you to say certain lies. It's totally mutter, right? For example, this example doesn't apply to me, but I can imagine this example, right? Your wife comes downstairs and she says, hi, honey, how do I look? And you say, um, I got one word for you. No, right? You're going to sell the I don't have this problem. My wife comes, ah, beautiful. And by the way, if you want any marital advice, because you guys are, you know, almost, almost marriage of age, 13, 14, and, and, right? So, right, she comes out there, before she even finishes, this is what you have to do. Hi, honey, um, what do you think this, you look amazing, look amazing, like, you know, like, whatever, right? I, we have one of our friends here, we're not going to say his name, he makes it over there. Uh, so he always, his joke is always, when he sits down at the meal before anything is served, he says, everything is delicious. Because this way I'm not lying. I said it once <laughs> at the end of the meal, and I don't want to say it. Cause so I think you're allowed to lie. Again, lying sometimes will get you in trouble. Why? Because sometimes you'll lie, and what happens? You say to, you know, you say, oh, you call, Grandma, oh my God, that was so delicious, your, 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 um, your blueberry banana, right, right, the, uh, muffins, oh, they were so good. You know, they had an extra special taste with your hair in it. It was so good, Grandma. You know? And she's like, oh, my God. My, so what is she going to do now? She's running out now. She's going to make all this, you know, the, the, the most disgusting blueberry, whatever, everything you don't want, poison berry and, 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 and kumquat and, 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 and any, any, any vegetable or fruit she finds on the floor. You know, she, she, okay, so that could get you in trouble if you, if you don't tell the truth. Oh, I made you your favorite. I, I don't like I, we, have, we have a running joke. And I could say it now because it's, it's not MS. It's true. So I wanted to compliment one of my family members once. I said, oh, you made such a bar, bar because it happens to be, I know this sounds weird, but if I have a choice, I, I'm not a, I, I prefer, I know it's not crazy, I prefer steak over everything else, but at a barbecue, if I have a choice between chazeof and pargit, I'm a, I'm a chazeof person. It's just me. Sorry, don't like me, it's okay. So we used to go to the, the whatever, this family member's house, they always serve pargit, pargit. So I always used to make fun for family, oh, these pargiot are amazing. So now everybody jokes. They're like, oh, Daniel's pargiot, he loves it. Even though I really don't like the pargiot, and I eat it anyway. So it could get you in trouble. So, you know, sometimes you have to be careful. So, Rishlom Zalman Arbach quotes a beautiful story from the Malamed Mahoyal, where David Svi Hafman. David Svi Hafman was one of the great Gedolim who, uh, the late 1800s, died in 1902, something like that. And he tells the following case that Malamed Mahoyal. I don't know his whole life story, but I imagine he gave morning shear, and then he gave shear in the afternoon. But he was so worked up from the shear that he gave in the morning, he took a little bit of a nap, right? I don't know what your schedules are like, you know, I'm, I work. So I teach in the morning in the yeshiva, I'm being honest with you, I'm not the malam and but I teach in the yeshiva in the morning, and I want to make sure that when I work, when I get paid to work, um, I'm, I'm working. And sometimes I'll take a little bit of a nap. You know, I try to do it before my wife comes home from work, you know, so I don't get in trouble. So what are you doing sleeping on the couch? 20 minutes, just like a power nap. So the Malam and the will take a power nap before he can give a second cheer. Oftentimes, great people would come and visit in the afternoon. They would knock on the door and say, we have a Shiloh for the great Rav. So he, they instru- he instructed his family members to say the following thing. The Malam and the Rav he says he's not available, he's preparing Yashir now. Total lie, he wasn't preparing Yashir. He can't be disturbed. He's preparing a share. What? Correct. Correct. 
So, 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 so Rav Shlomo Zaman said, yeah, the story makes a lot of sense. This isn't a lie because he's preparing for the shear by sleeping. Because he knows that he's not going to give the fire and brimstone. The people aren't going to listen if he doesn't give the ah, you know, crazy shear. And therefore, that's not us, sir. Because this is the way he prepares for shear. Right? Some people prepare for shear. You know. Some people listen to a shear and prepare for the shear by sleeping. But he says no. But Rosh Hashanah ends off by saying the following thing. You need to be exceedingly careful, very careful, not to often tell your children not to lie. To lie for you, to lie. Lying for you is a terrible, terrible thing because it obviously will lead to very bad chinuch for the kids. Terrible midos. You say, but I don't understand. I think I've told this story before, but I'll tell the story again. It's a wonderful story. A kid we have today in Avat Yisrael, I don't know if anybody's from, any, any Avat Yisrael people? So it was a report card day today. Did you know that? Apparently you're on vacation. This doesn't make any sense. I don't know. You were in school for like five minutes this morning. My kid, I don't understand this whole, just give, they should have given them poor cards yesterday. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. A lot of things don't make sense in the school. So you should go. So it was, let's just say there'll be a lot of people at the nine o'clock million. So, so it's report card day. It's report card day. So now let's just say, not true. This isn't true. This isn't true. This isn't true. Let's say, just to make it fun, I get the report card of my kid, and, and, and they write a terrible thing, right? For, at the hour, the most important part of the report card is, you know, what is it? Roy Yilashavach, Roy That's I don't care about the other case. My kids know that. Right? My, one of my kids came to me and says, look, Abba, Gemara did well, Tanakh did well. I go, what about Madaim, Historia? This? And he goes, Abba, that's Goisha, the subject. It's okay, it's okay. You know, fine. Anyway. So what if, the, you know, on the bottom they write something? Like, I know probably this, every teacher writes the same thing. Kiner mitzvah v'torah or. Eitz chayim hila ma'chazikamot. That's what every teacher writes. And then he writes, you know, your son's very good, but he's got to stop lying. He lies all the time in class. I don't know what I would do with him. Right? So after, you know, I, I punish him terribly. I, I wouldn't like, you know, you know. Right? Fine. So after he gets punished, I take him out of the room and I said, you know, do you understand what you did? Do you know what it is to lie? We don't lie. I'm giving the whole thing. And I said, and, and to be a Hartstein. The hush of a Hartstein name. To lie with the Hartstein name. Fine. Here's my whole Gans Geshef speech. Oh, and I, I, I obviously washed his mouth out with soap. Okay, fine. So, <laughs> right. No, so now what happens? The phone rings. The kid goes, oh, Hello? Hi, how are you? This is Rabbi Sitterstein. Is your father home? Sure, hold on a second. Let me see. Goes upstairs, goes, Hi, Abba, hi, Abba. Um, um, Rabbi Sitterstein's on the phone. He's like, No, tell him I'm not home. Tell him I'm not home. Tell him I'm not home. And all of a sudden, the kid starts sweating. He's getting all red. He doesn't know. What to do. He doesn't know. He's like, what's, what, what's wrong with you? Are you having a seizure? What's going on? He doesn't know what to do, and he just hangs the phone up. So the father's like, what are you, What's wrong with you? He's like, You just gave me a potch. And you just washed my mouth out with soap. And you sent me to my room. And you told me the Hartstein name. And you gave me the whole speech. You told me, you told me not to lie anymore. And you just told me to lie. And he's like, no, that's not a lie. No, that's okay. That's okay. It's okay. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. It's something to, to be careful about. Again, halakhically, there are times that it's mutter to lie. It's a mitzvah. I'm telling you, mitzvah to lie sometimes. To make a person feel like we, we talked about, you know, when we gave our shurim on Genevas Das, remember, if you remember, we talked about Genevas Das, and we said, you know, Genevas Das allows you to sometimes be 
going to the das of the person, right? Tell the person who you know is very, very sick and, you know, right? So you don't say it with the joke that we said well, last week, whatever, right? About the guy says, can you read my chart? So you, you mamish lied him straight out. And you say, everything looks takin, no, Koba said that you're going to be okay. Don't worry about it. Right? Right. I mean, you could lie and say, I don't know how to read this chart, right? Whatever. But you decide not to. You're going to tell the truth and say, you know, I, my joke, you know, I have two words for you. Right? Or you say, what does the chart say? So I said, wait, before I tell you what the chart says, I think I need your name for Tillam. And I start WhatsApping everybody. I'm like, oh my God, this guy's dying. Okay, Yes, but on the other hand, <laughs> this could literally, it could affect him to, to death, literally, if you tell him the truth. So sometimes we lie. The, the, famous, the famous lying story, if you will, I don't know if it's called lying, you would say, is that when uh, Chaim Kanyaski's wife, right, Rebetzin Batsheva passed away, Batsheva, who was El Yashav, they didn't tell, her, they didn't tell the father. The father had a sechiva, halachically sechiva. They didn't tell El Yashav. Why? Because El Yashav was almost 100 years old. I was 90-something years old. And they knew that telling him about his daughter dying could be a terrible thing. Could make it, literally, he had a very, very weak heart. Could make him die. There's, there's been Nebuchadnezzar stories like that. So they didn't tell him. I don't, this part of the story I don't like. Apparently the, the Shevet HaLevi, though, Rav Vosner wanted to be a Menachem Oval. So apparently he came all the way from B'nai Brak to, and he sat with, with Rav Yashif. And they had a meeting. But at the meeting, he didn't want to discuss Torah with him because he knew it was awesome for him to learn Torah because he really wasn't Oval. But he didn't know. He was a, I, don't, I don't like the story. But they said, I was Menachem Oval, but he didn't know about it. <laughs> okay, whatever. But uh, of course that would be mutter to not to, to uh, I mean, I, I think we're all, we all in agreement in such a case. Of course you you have to sometimes, you can't tell the truth, it could lead to terrible, terrible things. Just like, I don't think this is, I guess you could even lie about this. I said, the, the halacha is very clear at the Shulchan Aruch. If you hear a shmua of somebody who passed away on Shabbos, there's no reason why you should tell the family. You shouldn't tell the family. Now this is very interesting, as you may know a local case. Unfortunately, I was there when they, the, we, we know that uh, one of the soldiers, Nebuch Lo'olein, passed away on Shabbos. And the army came to inform him on Shabbos. So when uh, this wonderful, amazing Tzadikah soldier was the one that, uh, the, with the people that came, so she was at the shiva. So I happened to be there and I asked her, do you want a drink? She was just wonderful. She was really helping the family and stuff. Do you want a drink? So all of a sudden, this guy comes up to her and says, No, tagiri mashu. Somebody from our shul, by the way. And he says, tagiri mashu. Shabbat. How did you say on Shabbos? How can you tell him on Shabbos? Why tell him on Shabbos? So she was awesome. She, she wasn't religious looking. And she says, did you ever hear a pekuch nefesh? She says, my pekuch nefesh. It wasn't, it wasn't American. It, was, it wasn't saying it like that. My pekuch nefesh. You know, So she said, if a parents don't find out about their child and they find out on the WhatsApp right after Shabbos or somebody comes to their house and did you hear what happened? Of course, there is an Indian. They, they could, again, it could be the worst thing. Terrible way of taking care, right? The whole shiva. They're telling everybody, can you imagine how I found out? I found out on WhatsApp. This terrible Medina. So she said it was mutter. So, she, so I said to her, calm down. <laughs> it's a psak of the Rabbanu Torah sheet that you're allowed to tell on Shabbos as part of the mitzvah. There's no problem. But uh, I think that there are certain times that mitvar shechar tirchak 100% does not apply. And it actually is a mitzvah not to tell 100% of the MS.